You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are doing a follow-up on the episode, You Need to Do What Terrifies You, and I'm giving you a little bit of an update and some words of encouragement for anyone out there who need to hear it. Uh, Before we get into the episode, make sure you've joined all of our groups on Facebook. That is All-Star Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners. That is, uh, or Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners, All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners. You've headed over to nextgenowners.com and subscribed to our blogs, and you have scheduled a call to find out about the Academy. Because if you are still listening to this podcast and you are not currently a member of the Academy, meaning you are getting direct coaching from one of our coaches, then at the very least, you need to schedule a call and learn about what it is all about and how you can become a part of it so you can start planning to make that happen or you can jump on board because the gyms that we are working with right now are just crushing it. And it is so exciting to see everyone doing so well. And I want you to be a part of that. And we want to be a part of that with you. So getting into the episode, if you listened to about a year ago, I did an episode called you need to do what terrifies you or you must do what terrifies you. And I talked about how you needed to take some time and you needed to crush that voice in the back of your head that said, you can't do it. You're going to fail. Um, you know, those things that really, really scare you are the big opportunities that you need to be taking advantage of. And I talked in that episode about how I knew I needed to leave my job as a police officer, my full-time employment as a police officer and do what terrified me if I wanted to take what I was doing to the next level. Because you can only do so many things well at any given time. And while I am diversified in the cheer industry between owning a gym and running dream camps and being an owner of NextGen, uh, they all are within the same venue. They're all within the same um, area of expertise and they all really kind of correlate pretty well. So, but police work, eh, it really doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of... uh, crossover in terms of knowledge and experience and talking to people and all those things. But otherwise, it didn't really line up. So I knew I needed to make that decision. And today I come to you um, scared, more scared than ever, because yesterday, now yesterday for me at the time of recording, probably not when you are listening to this, but yesterday was the day that I had to talk to my department and tell them what decision I had made after my extended leave of absence. So I basically, I tested the waters by taking an extended leave of absence where I was not working at the police department. I was not getting paid and I was seeing where things would go. And I just like, it just so happened that my leave of absence ended the same day that all of my camps ended. So it was a whole bunch of emotion and a whole bunch of challenge uh, on that day. And I knew I needed to call in. So I, I called my captain because my chief was out of town and I let them know that I'd made the decision that I was going to be ending my um, paid employment at the police department. Now, full transparency, I have stayed on as a volunteer reserve officer because I still want to maintain my certification uh, and I still love 
doing the work. And um, I love it so much that I'm going to do it for free. Uh, it is going to be my volunteer job. And I think that being a volunteer at things and doing things you do just because you love them is important. Um, and I still love uh, what I was able to do in police work. So I'm going to still do some things with it. It's going to be like 20, 30 hours a month. So it's not going to be a huge time commitment for me. And honestly, I think it will be good for my soul because I'm not meant to be sedentary uh, and being in an office and creating content and doing things like this all the time is uh, draining for me. So I'm excited about that aspect, but I'm scared because I just, I, I, you know, that was something I worked on for 15 years and now I've gone full send of, I'm going to make these businesses as great as they can possibly be. So I'm giving you that update. Um, so I also want to kind of retouch on some things if you're in that position. So the first thing is the, the biggest limiter you have when it comes to your fears is if you make them a reality. Oftentimes fears are based on real possibilities, but they're not based on actual facts. They're, it's not something that will happen. Uh, so think of an, uh, the irrational fear. Like how many people are scared of spiders? Okay, are spiders creepy? Yes, they are. Um, are the majority of spiders going to harm you in any way, shape or form? No. Uh, even if they bite you, are you going to die? No, you're not. Now there are some spiders out there that are dangerous, but they're very few and far between, but we're terrified of them. Uh, how many people are scared of bees? Now there are people who are allergic, deathly allergic, anaphylactic, shock style allergic, but how many people are actually that? that are terrified of bees. Lots of people are terrified of bees and they are not that level of allergic, but they're so scared of them. And it is a, it is a, an irrational fear. It is a fear of pain, which pain doesn't kill you. And oftentimes our fear within business, so the things that terrify us are irrationally based. It comes from the perspective of I'm going to fail or I'm not good enough. It comes from a self-doubt perspective or the all of the possibilities. You know, I talk to owners all the time who are like, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this happens? And look, I'm all for being prepared for eventualities. I think that is smart to say, okay, these are areas that things could go poorly. These are things that could go wrong. And this is how I'm going to mitigate those things on the front end. This is how I'm going to prepare for those potential things to go badly. But if you allow those things to hold you back, to make you freeze and go into an analysis paralysis, then you are letting a falsehood, something that is not real, hold you back from the potential of being amazing. It would just be like a tumbler who you may have dealt with who has amazing skills. Um, they are just beautiful at tumbling. Their lines are perfect. It just is looks perfect, but they're terrified of it. They're terrified to do it. And that oftentimes comes from a irrational position of, well, I might get hurt. Yeah, I mean, you might, but it's really unlikely. You're not going to because you're really good. You're really talented. You have beautiful lines. I never need anything. I never need to help you or spot you, um, honestly, unless you pump the brakes and you bail in midair, right? So that's obviously what we can't do as, as a gym owner is we can't bail in midair on 
doing one of these things that scare us. And that's actually kind of where I was at, where I could have bailed in midair. I could have said, you know what? Too scary. I'm going back to my job. But all that would have done would have been, I would have crashed and burned on some things. I would have had to, I would have had to close at least two of the businesses that I own in order to go back and do that right. And probably realistically, I should have closed all three to do that. Um, so that's my number one point is you cannot let the irrational keep you from the potential, right? The irrational fears cannot keep you from the potential gains. And my potential gains are so much bigger than any of the, you know, negatives that might come out of it. Like, yeah, could I epically fail and not make any money and you know, have to close all of my businesses and be broke. Yeah. What's the likelihood of that? Pretty freaking low. I'm pretty stable at this point. Um, could another COVID happen? Yep. Um, could those things happen? Yep. But at the end of the day too, do I have skills that could I go back to police work tomorrow if I called my department up and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm closing my businesses or things didn't work out, I could go back? Yeah, I probably could. So I, I came to the realization of I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And yeah, there might be some pain in the process, but there is no growth without pain. There is no growth without discomfort. So uh, you cannot let those irrational fears hold you back. Uh, number two is the things that terrify you have the most potential for growth, like the most potential for exponential growth a lot of times, right? The, it's scary to think about you know, opening another location or any one of those style of things, right? I dealt with this this summer. I was really, really scared to expand dream camps. Like it was a big risk to go to Florida. I was like, man, like I had, I had held back on it for years. I'd wanted to expand and I played with it a little bit before COVID and then COVID happened and I kind of pulled back to what I knew. And then I'd just been treading water and like dipping my toe in the water on things. And I finally, I, you know, I had a conversation with two very good friends of mine, uh, Sean and Guzman and Callie Seitzer when we were at the Vegas conference and they were like, man, you just got to do it. Like, why don't you just go to Geneva? Why don't you just go to Florida? You got lots of resources there. And I was like, you know what? I need to do that. I need to just take that risk. I need to take my own advice. Like what would I tell myself if I was coaching myself? And you know, I went home, I made the call and they had some dates for us and I just jumped on them. Um, and here I am now on the back end of that camp. And if it was amazing, like were there hiccups? Yes. Did I not get some of the equipment I ordered? Yes. Did I have to pivot and adjust? Yes. Was I so happy that I did it in Florida where I had one of my clients who was bringing her teams to camp who she came in clutch with bringing in, like letting me use some of their mats and bringing us a resi pit that I thought I wasn't going to need. And was it great to have an employee who lives, multiple employees who live in Florida and could coordinate resources? Yes. Like all of that stuff was huge for us. Um, and it was great. It was why it was one of the right decisions, but now I'm coming in on the backside of it, knowing that's going to be huge next year. Like our camp in Florida will be huge next year. I firmly believe that we will have well over 300 kids coming to, if we just do one camp, like I think we could probably have six to 800 kids coming to camp in Florida. If we can have a couple sets of dates, which is huge. Like that's a doubling my, my company's size in terms of athletes we're impacting. And I was really scared to do it. 
because there's financial risk. And then there's the risk of like, well, what if this doesn't translate over there? Like, what if my vision of dream camps doesn't translate to another state? What if people don't buy into the product that we're selling? Like, I believe in it. I know it's great. But what if people don't feel that? And those are all just those irrational fears. And it, but that had the biggest potential to grow my business. It's high risk, but it's also incredibly high reward because next year, if I double my revenue from opening another location, that's a hard thing to be disappointed about, right? So those, those big risks oftentimes come with big reward. The third thing that I just want to encourage you to do is remember that taking risks should be done intentionally but it makes you stronger. If you are always on the defensive, you can never win a fight. You have to, at some point, start to punch back, start to shoot back, start to actually go on the attack. If you never do that, you're always going to be reactive and reaction is always slower than action. So I want you to take those fears and use them as action, right? How do I turn this into an action rather than sitting back and being fearful and waiting for the next thing to come at you? That is how business owners start to feel out of control. They start to feel like their business is happening to them, not they are managing their business. So I want you to, to take that and, and try and channel that into actions because those actions are going to give you power. They're going to give you control. They're going to give you confidence to know you're on the right path. So as you leave this episode, I just want you to know that I've been there. And if you are in that same spot, if you're working full time and you're like, man, I just feel like this gym could be so much better if I wasn't and you need help, reach out to me. Shoot me an email, dan at nextgenowners.com. Shoot me a Facebook message, Dan Cotton, bald guy, suit, smiling. I'm at a competition. It's from years ago. Uh, you know, shoot me an email, shoot me a Facebook message, sign up for a call, talk to Justin. Like, we, we are here to support you if you're in that position. If you are ready to go or you're nervous about being ready to go, reach out. I actually just talked to a client about this while I was at camp. And they were like, you know, how did you know it was time? How did you make that decision? And we had a whole conversation about it. So I, I've been there. I've done it. And most of the owners of NextGen have done it at some point in time. You know, Danielle left her steady job in the Air Force. Justin left his job in the Air Force. Shelly had, uh, I think she was a teacher at one point, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, you know, uh, we've all had different full-time jobs that we've eventually left to focus on our companies. So you too can do that. I know it may not seem like it, but you can. And if you've already done that and you just have some other really big risk that you're not sure if you should take, then get some help, get some mentorship, get some advice, but reach out, please reach out. And then if you don't want to reach out, but you know there are some things, I want you, I think I said this on the last one, I want you to write down the five ideas you have that terrify you. Not the things that could possibly happen, but the five ideas you have that scare the poop out of you, whether it be opening a new location or hiring an all-star director or... um you know, whatever the case may be, starting a competition company, whatever it is, write down the five ideas you have that scare you. And then I want you to pick the three that you think are the best ideas. And then I want you to start making plans for how you would execute those. And then once you do that, the ones that you feel like you have the best possible plan for, I want you to start working on it. I want you to start making that happen. 
All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are looking for another great podcast, you've got to check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.